Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. Why? Because I talk about the things that nobody else is talking about, like how to make your first 100K, because that's where 90% of you are stuck and you're pretending that you're not. You're pretending like you're making a million dollars on all your social media, but meanwhile, you may be going home broke, you may be in debt. We're going to help you get out of that. That's what the show's all about. I, uh, plus, I tackle some of the common challenges that most entrepreneurs really go through, um, the mental game of entrepreneurship that nobody's talking about, right? So maybe you're going through that and you just don't want to admit it. So we're going to talk about it here on the show. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur. I'm the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, and the show was created for you the entrepreneur, the solopreneur, who's struggling to break through. I believe wherever you are in your business, you're just $100,000 away, away from creating the life that you want. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. And if you're one of the thousands of listeners in over 30 countries who listen to the show every single week, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being here every single week. The show does not happen without you. So today, our featured guest was already on the show, and he was so darn good that I had to bring him back. So we have David Quick with us, and David is the CEO over at HelpingBulls.com. That's HelpingBulls.com. And uh, David is, let me like just go right into this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to change the intro because we had him on the show. But let me speak to you, Startup Nation. Are you a CEO, business owner? business leader wanting better performance from your business and your team? Are you a solopreneur who is considering right now taking on a business partner, but don't know how to really figure out how to choose the right person? And you don't want to get stuck with the wrong person. This is a marriage, right? Your business. Do you wish you had more people performing like your very best people, your top performers? Are you wanting more sales from your sales team? Are you feeling like you could be a better leader. That's what we're going to talk about with David Quick today. So David, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, please. Well, Joseph, awesome to be back. Really enjoyed our first conversation and glad to be spending some time with you here today. Um, uh, you hit it, hit the nail on the head there from a um, kind of growing a business. The most important thing is human capital, how you yourself perform, how the rest of your team performs, and what makes the biggest difference, I talk about it, is your herd. So if you're in my bull analogy, how strong is your herd? How powerful is your herd? And I tell leaders all the time, they have the herd they deserve. <laughs> and um, whether that's a great herd, a really suffering herd, that your efforts, your intentionality, your focus on, do I have a really powerful, strong team, starting with yourself, your business partner, whoever else you add to the company, are they a fit? And do you have them in the right seat is what's critical to get high performing organizations uh, and to move that way. So David, what I'm hearing right out the gate here is I am as, as owner of my company, as a CEO, as a business owner, I am responsible or I have to take responsibility for the team that's already around me or the lack of a team around me take responsibility for that and say, I created what's either working or what's not working. And, and taking responsibility, 100% responsibility, now gives me freedom to change it if it's not working. Is that fair? 
Uh, absolutely. And an, a slight caveat in that, um, the reminder I had running companies all the time is if something's not going well, it's my fault. Mm. So I can't point to someone else in the organization. I have to instead say, I must not have been clear with direction. I must not, must not have the tools in place. I hired these people. They must be in the wrong seat. Um, whatever that is, it's first look inward and say, what have I done to cause this problem? And where's my responsibility? And if you take on more of the responsibility as leader, you'll start to say, yeah, hey, I'm not doing my part. And I might not have right people in right seats around me. So, Man, I have some painful lessons in my own life of exactly what you're talking about. And I'm sure that will come up in the show. Before we get into it, though, um, kind of share like what specifically, what is that huge value that you bring with what you do, right? So tell us about Helping Bulls. Um, what do you coach uh, CEOs on specifically? And, and give, give us one, maybe two uh, stories of before um, a client came to Helping Bulls, what was going on in their life, in their business, that they were stuck somewhere. And then after hiring Helping Bulls, what was that result or outcome? Well, for your audience, two, two examples come to mind. And uh, Helping Bulls Thrive in China Shops is a first and foremost, a coaching organization. So Coach at Heart, we talked about that in my last call. We help CEO, business owners, key executives thrive. And I throw that word out and everyone says, yeah, hey, I get it. But we really focus on what does that mean to the individual? So for you, Joseph, we were working together. I go, what does thriving mean? Let's define that. And it's answered as three simple questions. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? And then we start on that journey. And um, I've helped two organizations that come to mind. One is called Enrollment Fuel. A gentleman by the name of Mike Westner runs that company. And he called me probably three years ago. He was leaving a company where he was a consultant selling college enrollment to admissions departments and had software, IT solutions, all that stuff and said, hey, I want to start my own company. Would you be interested in coaching me? We were old Navy shipmates, believe it or not. And uh, I said, sure. And we engaged. And the first thing he encountered was, well, I hope one day to build a company as good as the company I left. And so right away, I changed his thinking and said, no, let's crush it and let's create a world-class organization that blows your last organization away. Hmm. He was the classic solo entrepreneur starting the company himself out of his garage and challenged him right away. Said, well, what does first year revenue look like? Who do you sell to? He was worried about a bunch of stuff like non-competes. And I said, no, let's focus on your value proposition. I spend time looking at vision, values, expectation, and engagement. So what are those four things looking like in your organization? Create a vision of the future. How do you set a robust core set of core values? For him, it was, how are you going to act and behave? That's how it started. So we started with core values, I said, that you can adhere to every day, serve as a litmus test for your activity, the way you act and behave. And, you know, we jump ahead three years ago, and he's got, you know, a team of six or seven now. He's doing $3 million. Uh, and, you know, we'll continue to grow that organization in a robust way that's aligned with his vision. So provide remarkable insight for college admission departments. And then he has a robust set of core values, high expectations. The tool we're talking about, he uses from a hiring standpoint, uh, Culture Index, and um, has super powerful engagement both internally and externally. 
So that's one example, Joseph. We can go into a great amount of detail there. And then, you know, we, I have another, which is a company called Platformatics here in Bloomington, Indiana. Let's pause for a second there. Yep. Uh, so I really like the, the factors that you coach your, your clients on, right? Name them again, the, the list vision, of Vision, yep. values, expectations, and engagement. And so- Okay. So and, let me just dive right in here, okay? So Startup Nation is listening right now, and so many entrepreneurs are working from home. They're solopreneurs. They're struggling to make their first 100K. They haven't took on a partner yet. How do they even get started in creating a vision? Because obviously that's your step one, right? It, you don't work with a client until you're like, okay, step one, we got to create the vision because if we don't know where we're going, we'll never get there. So how do you walk through Startup Nation? They're sitting at their, their computer right now or on their iPhone and they're listening to you right now, David. Like how do I create a vision for my company? So it, it starts with, Joseph, um, this kind of resonating, why do you exist? So why is your company there? What are you trying to do? What problem do you solve? Um, and then in a broad sense, create a vision of the future. Three to five years from now, what does the company look like? What are we doing? So vision, vision, mission. Vision is here's what I want to look like three to five years from now. Here's the stuff that we do. Here's why we exist in the world. Here's the remarkable stuff we do. And I challenge them to come up with that. What's the remarkable stuff you do? How do you change the lives or solve problems for your customers in a way that will resonate when they hear your vision? So, you know, when I hear the word remarkable, I know that scares a lot of people because we immediately think, well, I'm not remarkable. I mean, I just offer this product and this service and I have competitors and my business or my service is a commodity business right? It's just a commodity. So how do I make a commodity remarkable? So I think what's interesting in that if you are truly a commodity, um, then you need to rethink your business. Um, because commodities sell on price, they sell on how do you do that? Now, that doesn't mean that you have a like business, like 100 others, and then find ways to differentiate. So the company I talked about, one of his is one of his core values is love plus one. And he also has one we hang tassels regularly, are two of his core values. And one of the things he does, and my wife's my business partner, she loves him. He approves and pays invoices the day he gets them. Hmm. So that is his view of how do I go the extra mile? How do I demonstrate love plus one? Um, and, and that's just his philosophy. So you start to frame, how am I different how am I remarkable? And that's a simple thing that doesn't require, hey, my services are remarkable, but I really push companies to say, where's your small niche? How do you find a place in the world in which you can put the stake in the ground and go, I am really good at this. Without okay, so that, you're like everybody else. So David, you and I were chatting before we started this, right? And if with your permission, I'd like to use you as an example for Startup Nation. Um, so that we can just, you know, put this on the pavement, right? Bring it down out of the stands because it's kind of like up here, yep. uh, theoretical. And like, how do we bring it down on the court? So uh, you and your wife are looking to start a new company. Can you share, uh, uh, share with us about that real quickly? Please? Sure. So uh, wife and I have been in business 10 plus years and have looked recently and said, how do we find... Uh, a new business opportunity that we'll enjoy doing together. We, we do this culture index work together. 
And uh, what came out of that, I have a business coach, had a conversation with him saying, how do I find an equal opportunity from time invested and financial return was the real question he posed to me. Um, and our culture index work does that. We, we invest a fair amount of time and have a high return for that time investment. And the idea we came up with is a couples mastermind. So couples that work and live together in a relationship in the same business. And it's really because we've been doing that for 10 years. And what's even probably more funny is when I came up with the idea, I was all excited, went to my wife and she goes, well, are we saying we got it all figured out? And I was like, uh, heck no. We're, we're along for the ride and the journey with the mastermind to say, hey, we're all on the same journey. And, you know, Joseph, I shared my 10 year old regularly says at the dinner table, hey, that's enough business talk. And, you know, this, this work life balance, the elusive thing everyone talks about is where's our focus in the moment is instead where I go. And, and it says, when I'm with the family, my focus should be with the family. When I'm in my business, my focus should be in my business. And that this elusive, how do I gain balance is a tough one in today's world. So Startup Nation, what I love about David's new business with his wife is that it's so niche, right? It's, it's not just a ma another mastermind group. It's a mastermind group for a specific audience who has a specific pain, right? That's the niche, right? So it's for couples, um, preferably, I don't know if preferably or not, but married couples like David and his wife who live together and the problem they're having is they don't know how to shut off the business even when they're with their children. Is that fair, David? Yeah, well, I think that's one of many. One. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so I think, Joseph, we'll look at that and say, we're truly just looking for couples, whether married, not, but both involved in the business, both facing the question of what are our roles and responsibilities? What do we want from the business? What's the life we want as a result of the business? And how do we handle all of those things? So we'll have world-class speakers around, how do you grow your business? How do we define roles and responsibilities? We've already worked with a couple licensed clinical social workers to say, how do we help with all the relationship stuff? So um, it, it's really focused on that. What do we want from the business and what do we want from our life? Mm -hmm. I already have a working name and a URL. It's Work Love Bliss. And we'll focus on how do you find bliss both at work and in love and um, excited properties we've already are locations we've already secured some of those from uh where are we going to be three times a year uh, in person with you know somewhere between 12 and 16 couples so we're excited about it uh, i've done this mastermind for entrepreneurs for the last 10 years so grounded there but this will be our first uh, endeavor out into all right well couples how do we handle all this so um Look for more there. We'll, we'll certainly be launching that here uh, first of the year. We're doing some test pilot stuff locally to prepare ourselves for that and make sure that we have a quality offering when we launch uh, first of the year. So Startup Nation, David did a great job. He identified uh, an industry, right? Uh, he identified um, a audience. So couples, right? The industry is like doing mastermind type things, right? In the business, the industry is business, right? Uh, the, the, um, I'm having a brain <laughs> freeze there. Okay, so the audience is couples, and then uh, he's got multiple pain points, um, and he's created an avatar, which is himself, right? He and his wife are their own customers, so they already know the pain points. So look at your own business. Have you 
done these three steps right out the gate. Now let's go into the next step, David. The next step is to create a vision around this. Have you created a vision for this uh, new business yet? So, so we have, if we look at um, what that will be, it's, it, it's encapsulated in the title, which is there's really our focus will be on bliss. How do we define what bliss is both in work and life? Mm-hmm. And that we help couples achieve that in, in their uh, business and relationship. So, you know, when we look at that and we, we already have a vision of this from ourselves, which is this isn't one mastermind. It's somewhere between four and six and that annually we'll have 100 plus couples coming together uh, focused on this work-life love balance and working toward bliss. So yeah, what, what outcomes um, will you measure this by? Like how will you know you're achieving the vision? So it, it will, it, it's an interesting question and I think we'll look at it much like I do thriving that this bliss definition is individual, that we're not gonna frame for businesses, you need to do $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. Now, in our conversations, if $2.5 million is the right revenue target to live the life you want as a couple, then we'll help them move toward that. But we'll focus on what do you want from the business? What are your roles and responsibilities? How are you each going to act and behave when you leave here? And how do we add a layer of accountability? How do we have check-ins that say, are you moving toward your business goals and your love goals? Mm-hmm. How's your relationship? How are the two of you getting along? Um, you know, Melissa, my wife and I have this all the time. We have, Hey, who's doing what? And you know, this is like anything else. And then the other side of this we have is we can't treat each other worse than we would any other business partner. Mm. So, um, it becomes real easy when you have familiarity beyond the normal business partner relationship to treat each other. Um, not great. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So I really love the play on the name, right? It's a work-life balance. It's work-life bliss. So what I'm hearing you say is with each of your clients, you're going to create a customized vision for each of them, right? What does bliss look like for you guys in your work? What does bliss look like in your, your love relationship? Okay, how do we integrate the two? That's your vision for, for your specific company, right? Is that Correct. about right? Yeah, and, and, and really point, what does it look like into the future? So we put uh-huh. a stake out there in the future saying, here's what it looks like, that um, in two years, we're gonna be vacationing three or four times a year. We're gonna have date night every Friday. We're gonna have weekend conversations about how we use our free time this weekend, that we're just not gonna work all weekend that we're gonna make sure we're present for our children. I mean, whatever that is on an individualized basis, we're gonna help them come up with this work, love, bliss plan, and then put it in action, which is much like I do in my individual coaching. So it, I love it's, it. it's, it's a vague answer, but it's specific for each individual and we help people march toward that. Yeah, I love it. So Startup Nation, look at your own business. What is that vision? What do you want it to look like in three years? What do you want it to look like in five years? Like, what do you want to be doing, right? Do you want a business where you're working 110 hours a week, like my first business, or and you have no life, right? But you're making a ton of money. Or do you want a business that looks completely different than that, where money is not the key driver, it's important, but quality time, time and experiences, right? Traveling, spending time with your friends, your family, maybe that's your driver. So what does that look like? Paint, pull out that paintbrush, and paint that picture, paint that vision. So David, let's get into this a little bit, okay? Um, once you have the vision, right? It's you and your wife now, but what if you need to bring somebody on? 
right, on your team for this, this new business, this new opportunity. Let's talk about hiring the right person and using personality assessments in order to avoid bringing on the wrong person. So, Joseph, a uh, great lead in, and, and clearly from a high-level perspective, we know we will there. Uh, our business today, we're able to handle most of what we do. I have some outsourced services now around social media, website, um, but I use this tool for everything I do. We, we were contemplating an admin assistant last year. Clearly, if we launch this business, we'll have one. Um, this tool, uh, I first used it, I think, probably 14 years ago, uh, I was uh, heading a sales organization. We had 22 sales reps and we were hiring an additional 40. I had job advertisements all over uh, the country for major cities. And I received a cold call from a gentleman, Jeff Ward. And Jeff said, hey, if I could eliminate one bad hire in this round of sales reps you're hiring, would you be interested? I said, of course. He said, well, instead of talking about it, I'll send you the tool send invites to five of your best sales reps, five of your worst, and I'll tell you who's who. Hmm. I kind of sat up in my chair and said- That's bold. Yeah, and have done the same thing many times since uh, with, with the same tool. And he very accurately determined um, five best, five worst. He even pushed him further and said, Jeff, hey, I gotta run to a meeting. If I gotta hire one of these 10, which one? And he said, real simple, and identified our top rep of the year, had been rep of the year for the last two years, uh, had been very successful at other companies, and so the rest is history, they say. I used the tool as CEO for three other companies. Uh, about four years ago, I was doing executive coaching. I invited Jeff into my CEO group through Vistage and uh, went to dinner the night before, and he said, hey, you and your wife should think about becoming licensees for Culture Index. I said, I don't think I'm interested. He said, think about it, think about it long and hard. And I said, all right. And uh, three of the guys in my group of 10 purchased Culture Index after the meeting. He sent me a little note saying, you should think about it. And so for the last almost uh, five years now, we've been Culture Index licensees and helping other people hire using the tool. And the tool very effectively looks at key personality traits and allows you to predictively look at people before you hire them and then also very accurately give coaching and feedback around understanding and performance for people that are on your team. Walk Thanks. us through how, how this tool actually works. Is this something you hand to a new hire and they fill in the blanks? Is this something you're just assessing, you're filling in the blanks? How does that work? So it's awesome. And Joseph, on our website, helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100K, you can go out, everyone on this can go out, request an invite, you get an online invite, it takes less than 10 minutes to complete. Essentially, you'll find two word lists. The first one says, choose the words that best describe you. And you just go click, 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 click. The second one says, choose the words that best describe what you need to do to be successful in your current role. And so what it gives you is who you are, hardwired, steady, unchanging, predictive of you as a person. I call it steady state. And the second gives you your understanding of the role and what you would need to do from a behavior modification to be more successful. It takes less than 10 minutes to complete the whole thing, sends out a report for those of your listeners that go out and do that. Uh, as soon as I get your report, I'll send you, there's a written report. You can schedule time with me, talk about it and understand how you're hardwired, 
where your individual strengths are, where your potential weaknesses or gaps are. And from that, how do we hire a business partner? That's where I'm going to point to and say, shore up your weakness with business partner. Shore up your weakness with executive assistant. Shore up your weakness with head of sales. And so I'm a strength-based coach. I think you should surround yourself with people who are strong where you're not and that you should spend your entirety focused on strength if possible. That spending time that. on our weakness is miserable and we're not good at it. Yeah, and yet the entire higher education system is built upon that, right? It's like, <laughs> right, don't even get you started, right, Dave? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's very interesting, right? Because we're taught, oh, get better at what you suck at, right? That's, that's just yeah. our entire education upbringing. And in entrepreneurship, that's like the worst advice. Don't get better at what you suck at. Get better at what you're already naturally good at and pre-wired for. Surround yourself with other people who are naturally wired to do what you suck at. That's the winning formula for a team. What do you want to add to that? Uh, so I add all the time in my individual coaching, be more of you. So well, let's talk about who you are, who do you want to be? And in that thriving definition, I focus all the time and say, be more of that person. Let's not change behavior. Let's define your real strength and be that person 85% of the time, 90% of the time and realize, yeah, we all got to do some behavior modification because the world demands it. But to step into this, hey, I'm going to go do what I'm terrible at is wrong advice. So. so Startup Nation, we talk about this on the show many, many, many times. To be successful in business, you want to identify your superpower and then amplify it. How do you amplify your superpower? The way you amplify your superpower is by only doing your superpower and practicing and practicing it. Leave everything else to other talented people. So that's what we're talking about. Go to helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100K. David was kind enough and generous enough to throw some really great promos and deals on there for our listeners. Um, and go download this free assessment. This sounds fantastic. Now, David, let me ask you this. I, I'm going to go on and download it myself, right? Um, and, and I'll go into a story in a second. Um, has this tool ever not worked? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we're dealing with humans. So I'll, I'll be clear there that um, unbelievably predictive. So my first test at how predictive was that first year at Renewal using the tool, I went back and said, hey, we've hired 52 sales reps. Where are they at six month quota? Where did we hire quote unquote on profile and where off profile? And it was over a 2x difference at quota at six months when we hired at profile. So I think like anything, you need to look statistically and say, is this going to help me improve my hiring effectiveness? Is it going to improve retention? And is it going to improve performance? And I will tell you, after 14 years of using the tool, a resounding yes. I will also tell you that there are a ton of other assessments that will do the same thing. You have to then say, I'm going to listen to them, I'm going to use them, and I'm going to mobilize the data that it provides. So like anything, it's a tool, and you have to then use the tool. So if you have a hammer in your toolbox and you try to put a nail in with your hand, it's great that you have that tool, but you're not using it. The reason so, why I asked you that question, David, yep. is because, and I'm going to share a quick little story here. I, in one of my businesses, um, I brought on a business partner and we did assessment test. And I won't mention the name of the assessment test we did, but it tests your entrepreneurial uh, strengths and weaknesses. 
And um, I tested mine and I came out as the person who's good on the front lines with people, right? So business development, setting the vision, the course, all that stuff, right? So I'm more the, the social uh, personality. And my business partner tested as um, the, the guy who can create all the processes and systems and then scale them. So that's how he tested. So that sounded like a good marriage for a business for me, right? He complimented the things I hated doing that were my weaknesses. So um, fast forward five years later into that business, things were just not working well. Like we were doing revenue, we're doing half a million in sales and, you know, we're just, but it, we were, we were plateauing and it was like, is this all this there is, is this where the business is going to stop? And, and we had to take a, a long, hard look. And what happened was this, I turned to my business partner and I said, listen, you seem miserable here. Like every day you come into work, like you're miserable. And it's in front of our customers and our clients and people see it. Like what, I'm not asking like what's going on. I'm asking like, what can we do about it? Like, what is the thing that's going to light you up, whether it's inside of this business or somewhere else? Let's talk about that. And it, he immediately got very defensive, right? As, as a human would and thought he was being pushed out of the company. And I said, that's not the conversation. This is your friend standing for you winning in your life. You're not happy here. Where would you be happy? What would you be doing that would make you happy? Kind of like creating a vision for his life. So I said, take three days and really sit with that question. So he did. Three days later, he came back to me and he said, I think I know what I want to do. And I said, what's that? And he says, and he went into this whole thing about real estate and owning rental properties across the country in high demand uh, tourist areas. And I was like, dude, that's like so right for your wiring. And what I realized, David, was that for five years, I had the wrong person in the wrong seat. It was holding him back in his life. It was holding back my business. And he had tested wrong on an assessment. So I had him retake the test, the, the same assessment. And this time he tested totally different as someone who manages cash flow really well, which was like perfect for this new vision. So that's why I bring up the story, right? Because using an assessment and, and having the wrong outcome could be five years of headaches for two different people. What, it, what shows up for you in that story? So two things, Joseph. I think the first is if I go back to our conversation around vision, um, I use this as the first thing. So that same vision, your team, everyone on it needs to be compelled to be part of it. And if any part of them repels, they're wrong. So I hear this story that he was not compelled to come be part of your vision of future. He wanted a different future. He did not want to go along for the ride with whatever you were creating. So that's first and foremost. The second is this tool helps us identify once we have this fit magnet so I use the, the imagery of a magnet all the time. People, the right people are compelled to come toward it. We share the vision and they go, man, I want to be part of that. We then say, can you act and behave in accordance to the way we all act and behave? Here's our core values. And then we assess. And the assessment happens on the front end before we even bring them in. It's like throwing a net out into the ocean saying, I'm looking for sharks. And this net brings back 10 sharks. You then have to interview, assess, and say, are they compelled by my vision? Will they act and behave the way we want them to act and behave? Because I have a high indication that predictively 
their personality traits are ideal for the role I'm looking for. You then have to say, are they right for this role in my company? Mm. So there's a, there's a complete distinction there, right? Yes. Because what I'm hearing you say is they could be the right fit for that role that you're looking to hire them for, but completely the wrong fit for your company, your vision, your core values. Is that accurate? Yes. And I think it becomes, let's just use bookkeeper for an example. You go, I can find fantastic bookkeepers and say, there's 10 of them stacked up here. In the room of 10 you're interviewing, one is aligned more com- in a more compelling way to say, I want to go do what you're doing. You know, so if I look at this work, love, bliss example that we have, if we have a, a bookkeeper eventually, we're going to want him aligned to say, man, I am jazzed about helping couples realize a different future. And that makes me warm and fuzzy, passionate, excited to come to work, knowing that that's who I'm helping. And if you can't do that or you're, huh, well, it's a job. I go, they're the wrong person. Mm. So, I get yeah. yeah, there has to be a passion um, and compelling part of your vision that they say, I want to be here today. Sunday so, afternoon, they're saying, I want to go to work tomorrow. So for Startup Nation, what David is saying, I mean, this is like a wisdom explosion right here is like, if you don't have, here's why you need to write a vision. Because you need to match up the people to the vision. And if you skip that step, you're going to end up in the situation that I ended up. Five years later, pain, time lost, so much money lost, and, and just headaches. Headaches, right? Because that person was the wrong person for the, that seat in my company, right? He aligned with the vision. He really did, David. Like, he aligned with the vision, um, meaning he was along for the ride, but he wasn't, like, like he was kind of trying to be excited about it and it sounded really interesting to him. And he's like, well, let me just see how this works out. You know, maybe it will go well. And, and what I'm hearing is that's not enough. Like you can't just be along for the ride and be like, because you're going to go half-assed. You're going to be like, well, let me just see how it goes. You know, it's what I'm hearing you say is I want a person in the seat that is, is dragging me along. That, that is so excited to get to that vision and that goal. They're like, dude, what are you waiting for? Let's go. Like you set this course, this destination, like San Francisco, California. Let's go. I'm ready. What shows up yeah, here? So, so t- two thoughts. I go back to the enrollment fuel example I have. And he used both his vision. So he created a document. We call it painted picture. That comes from Cameron Harold. So you, you, you alluded to it earlier. Get your paintbrush out and paint. It says with a vivid description here's what my future looks like and mike shared that with everybody internal external customers and then when he did his core values we focused on one of those was real authentic transparent and what he started to say is i need to use this externally if i find clients or potential clients who aren't real authentic and transparent i don't want to do business with them and so it set again this magnet of who's right for him both internally and externally and so if you create that powerful vision and set of robust core values, it says these people are right for me. These people are wrong for me. And like a magnet compels the right people and repels the wrong people. And it just creates this, this is right for me. So So, David, like that is fantastic. It also is idealistic, right? So when you're struggling to make your first 100 K and every nickel counts, 
it's really difficult. And, and I'm saying this firsthand experience. It's really difficult to turn away even the wrong clients that you know are wrong. They're just not that bad. And you need the cash flow. Yes. So no, speak so, to us about that. Well, I don't, I don't want to minimize that impact. But when you know they're wrong for you, it's worth saying, hey, this is most likely a waste of my time. I'm going to spend time and energy. I'm going to go after this and it's not going to happen. If revenue is real, believe me, I've lived in that space where you go, I got to take people and I go back to all my businesses when you launch. And I think the way you said it was, hey, they're not that bad. So I have a simple thing for my CEO peer group. I say, I got to be able to think about spending five years with them. And if I don't want to spend five years with this person, I should not invite them to join the group. A friend of mine, um, he shared it this way. He's like, Joseph, if the uh, the client is not somebody you would have over your house for dinner, then don't bring them on as a client. Yeah. Like so straight out. Yeah. I think same thing where you look and say, yeah, Hey, I can tolerate it. I would invite them to dinner. Hey, they're not ideal. So I get the early phases and you know, as you move through and your audience moves through first hundred K 200 K, then you can start to be more selective and say, who's my ideal avatar. They don't look like it. And, you know, it's happened for me in this culture industry, culture index business. First year, we took anyone. Yeah. I now say if the CEO doesn't show up for our day and a half workshop, I say I'm not showing up either. Okay. So just to clarify, right, for Startup Nation, there's nothing wrong with filling the cash flow your first year. Get to the 100K. That doesn't mean every single client is going to be ideal. Maybe half will be ideal. Maybe t 10 of them will be ideal out of 100 but don't take on the crazy headaches, right? It, like when you know they're completely wrong, it's not worth the money. That I'm definitely hearing. But build up the cash flow so that you could get to a point where you can now start turning away those that do not line up with your vision and your values. Is that right, David? Yeah, absolutely. Another way to think about it is the more effectively I do that, the stronger the magnet becomes. Got so it. So don't turn on the magnet too soon because <laughs> it's premature, right? You don't yeah. want to be like, I only work with these clients from day one. And if you're not this client, screw you, right? Yes. Like you may not get any clients that way. So, so create a vision, tell people about the vision is what I'm hearing. Um, broadcast it out there. How do you get it out? Like how did your client do that? Is he just showing on his website? Is where, what is he doing with that? So he has a document called Painted Picture. You can find that if you look at Cameron Harold. Cameron Harold just wrote a new book called Vivid Vision. I think he had some licensing issues with Painted Picture. So Cameron Harold, I think he wrote uh, Double Your Double, Meetings Suck. Uh, he's a Vistage speaker. Saw him speak a couple times and he's fantastic. He has this premise. And if anybody wants that and just drops me a line on my website, I can send them all the Painted Picture documents. And it's, it's fill this out. And then what? Mike did with that is he sent it to all of his perspective clients. He said, here's where I'm taking this company. So he shared his vision with external potential clients saying, this is what enrollment fuel will be. At the time, it was by the year 2019. And he said, here's what we're going to be by the year 2019. Here's what we do today. Here's what we're going to be. And he shared it uh, wide, wild, widely with everyone. So he shared this with prospective clients. They weren't even Correct. clients yet. Correct. So he's courting them as clients and he sends out this document. Saying, here's what enrollment fuel will be. Which is either going to repel them right out the gate and be like, I don't want that. Yeah. Which immediately creates a nice filter for him. 
to get rid of all the headaches. That's really interesting. And it's bold, right? Yes. It's scary too. Yeah. So he, he's the class. If we look at this culture index, he's what we call a daredevil profile. He's uh, very autonomous. In our world, we look at gas and brake. He's an all gas, no brake guy. Um, sounds like, Joseph, you might be in that same boat. And oh, no. Says, yeah. So they're, they're great at starting business. They're yes. great at moving from a visionary standpoint. They're great at selling. They're great at moving people and persuading. They're not great at systems, process, follow-up, detail. Or maintaining is, the business. Correct. Day so, to day. Yep. Yeah. So you that's, know, that, that's something that your audience, if they need help with, well, where are my strengths and who should I hire alongside as business partner, bring in this tool's great at identifying those kind of key traits and how well the two of you will meld or complement each other and what the struggle will be like working together. Super, super content here. So Startup Nation, you're listening to David Quick. You can find him at helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100K. That's helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100K. I am actually looking at the page right now that his team put up um, specifically for you, uh, first 100K listeners. You can download um, his tools, harness the power of the herd. You could get free organizational assessment and assess your current team. You could get your free personal assessment. Um, you can watch his TEDx talk and you can even get a free 30 minute executive coaching session with David himself. So that is really awesome. David, thanks for putting that out there for our audience. So David, we're about to enter the hustle round. Uh, you've, go. been, you've gone through this before. So um, being you're the, the bull, like right now I'm holding up the red Cape. whatever it is, Cape, Ule, Ule, whatever that's called. So I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. David, here we go. What's your favorite sound, sir? Uh, favorite sound. It may have changed since our last conversation. Yeah, it, it's still uh, my wife saying I love you. Oh, that's super awesome. Uh, what's your least favorite sound? Uh, complaining. <laughs> I get that. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Pro athlete. Got it. What are you most afraid of now, David? Uh, failure. Got it. So you're just like the rest of us then, huh? Almost, yep. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Uh, working on clients that weren't going to close. Okay. Got it. And what secret fear do you have about people right now? Um secret fear about people that um secret fear about people yeah just how you show up to them how they show up to you we all have some kind of fear about how we occur or they occur uh, well for me it's probably uh and i don't know if this answers the question that um i really need to focus to understand before i try to make people understand so i don't know if that answers the question but there there's a an ongoing fear that um I push my agenda versus understanding what you want. So that's more. I ah, got it. So almost talking too much and not listening enough. Is that about, got it. Okay. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? Uh, that what matters most is uh, our willingness to help other people. And that if you do that, good things will happen. Got you it. Truly focus on helping people. Good things will happen. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, finding a way to exercise three to five days a week. 
Let's go, brother. Come on, let's yeah. do it. Start a mastermind for that. Yeah. CEOs, you know, holding each other accountable for working out through well, time. we do it on group. It just doesn't uh, seem to work <laughs> real well. But anyway. What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, eating crap food. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, bull, passionate, and content. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Frantic, fearful, uh, optimistic. Imagine some time in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it, David. He helped people live better lives. Got it. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Make the most of every day. Make the most of every day. Startup Nation, great advice from David Quick. You can find him at helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100K. David, any parting words of wisdoms, comments, or questions, sir? No, Joseph, once again, enjoy your passion, zeal, uh, what you're doing for your audience. It's great to spend some time with you and them. And if I can help any of them in any way, uh, all the infos there on my website, they can find me at helpingbulls.com, anything helping bulls. And uh, I'm very willing to help any of those bulls out there start to thrive. David Quick, you are a rock star. Thanks for joining us today. I wish you peace, love, and your next 100K. Startup Nation, we are, we exceeded our six-month goal. We're about, actually, we're, we exceed our seventh-month goal, I should say. We now have listeners in over 30 countries and growing. This is fantastic. Like, every single listener is one human life that we're touching, right? And I want to get the message out. So, like, my vision is to reach 100 countries, right? Listeners in 100 countries and get the message out that you don't have to be alone as an entrepreneur, right? 90% of us are struggling with the same exact stuff. That's what this show is all about, is getting the message out there that it's okay to admit and to, and to share with people like, hey, this is where I'm struggling, right? And in and, and sharing this freedom, this freedom because you're going to hear back from so many people, I'm struggling with the same thing, or I used to struggle with that. Here's what I did. Here's what you can do. And that's how you, we grow together. So it's time to step up our game. This is where you come in. If you'd like to join me in that vision for reaching 100 countries with First 100K, go to first100k.com, become part of my team. That's first100k.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I will catch you right back here next week. God bless you.